So I will I will play editing fairy with this and uh, oh, that's that's going at the front of the show that bit. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so we were gonna start by talking about the recent GitLab outage that took place. Yep. Um I believe you're not a GitLab customer. No, I'm not. I've I've got GitHub. GitHub, okay. I do use GitLab. So the outage did affect me. Um I kind of just wanted to touch on it really just to give the guys a kind of a bit of a shout out really because I feel like people in that job in that kind of job um, they don't really get recognition for what they do when everything works no it takes something to break for them to get recognition um, negative recognition yep usually um, and I, it's, it's a it's a shame. It's a real shame because whenever, like I say, everything's working perfectly and you, you'd never know they exist. And that is kind of like the success criteria for their job, isn't it? Never to know they exist, doing all that work in the background. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, it's, it's sad and uh, I, I think they should get a bit of a shout out. Um, kind of got me thinking about uh, that feeling, that sinking feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I've experienced as well um, in the past. Um, yeah, I know. Speaking privately, I think you've had uh, a couple of moments like that, perhaps in the past as well. I have, yeah, I've, I've got a few moments like that from way back when. Um, I mean, I've, the one I think we spoke about before was I had a job where I was in charge of a payroll database that calculated commissions for about six hundred and fifty agents. Um, we had to, it was really involved. The, the calculations had to be run every day by a payroll team. And I managed to delete the back end of that. So all of that data gone. Um, I I shouldn't be laughing. (laughs) You're talking about a situation as well, where it's, it's not properly backed up. You're not, it's not a system that was supported by an ops team. Um, it was really kind of cowboy style, wild west, um, it's just a database, an access database on a drive. Um, I know that there are much better ways of running that sort of thing than the way we were running it. Um, there's an element of I was kind of doing as I was told as well. <laughs> but for better or worse, that that was that was part of my job, and I accidentally deleted the database and had that sinking feeling and had that panic. Um, sort of realization that there was a, a, a team of people that were trying to do their job that all of a sudden couldn't, and yeah. beyond them there was potentially six hundred, six hundred and fifty people who whose pay could have been affected because of my mistake. That was that was a very big sinking feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's when it's when real life starts to get involved, isn't it? That you realize what sort of the power that you've got at your fingertips. Yep. Um, I say like real people, real money, real jobs. Yeah, could uh, could have been affected there. Yeah, I mean, as, as uh, some of these people, um, you kind of get to know know their backstory a little bit. You get to know bits about them as people because of the, the nature of that job. We had payroll queries coming through sort of every every day. Um, there's certain names that you get to know, and you help them out. You get things sorted out. Um, so it wasn't just like, you know, oh, this is broke and I've affected my immediate team. There there were people that I didn't want to let down. 
um, that I, I, I could kind of say I knew personally in one way or another. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sinking feeling was very, very real. And I did my best to get it restored. So I've phoned up the appropriate people who were able to restore files on that server. Um, I had contingency plans. There were slightly older copies of the database we could roll back to, and then we could recalculate from there. You know, all was not lost. It, it was retrievable with some work. Uh, but in that moment, um, that's that sinking feeling was very, very real. Yeah. Uh, in my kind of... Uh situation similar to that was i took out a database uh funny how it's always databases <laughs> <laughs> took out took out a database that had probably a thousand eh, maybe a bit more records um and these weren't just records that you know some system had generated and inserted into the table these were records that someone had sat and entered by hand <laughs> um hours and hours of man man power went into that um and, and it was gone with the press of a button um yeah that feeling just it it leaves a scar um it definitely left a scar on me um that i carry with me to this day um i guess maybe you feel the same way perhaps i think in your situation yeah i mean i I bounced back from that one fairly quickly because we were able to get things running um and, and really the net problem of that was about two or three hours worth of downtime for the payroll team um which they weren't too fussed about. They got to go and have some coffee and chill out, you know? <laughs> um, so actually it didn't have a, a sort of lasting mark. Um, but the lasting mark on me was very much around thinking about in terms of contingency, backup, um, trying to sort of head off any moments like that from ever happening again. And I think overall, certainly certainly within the realms of that job, that meant I was a, as good a dev in that place as I could possibly be in terms of thinking about those contingencies, the knock-ons of what I did. Um, and like I say, it wasn't the ideal way of working with that sort of data, um, but that was the job. And sure. I think the reality yeah. is, is you get a lot of these situations where yes, there's an ideal, there's a best practice. No, the company either doesn't can't afford it or doesn't want to pay for it or doesn't want to work it in that way. Um, and yet the work still needs doing, you know, people still need their commissions calculated, their pay getting made. And and you end up with these situations where things have to happen. Um, so you know, for better or worse, that was my job. And I think it, it made me better in that job having that moment. Yeah, I, I can't agree more with that. It, same, same for me, just uh, it, it makes you so much more aware of what, of what you're doing um because until you until you have that feeling i think you almost feel a little bit maybe invincible isn't the right word but you if you've never experienced that then how can you really predict it yeah and w- once you felt it you never want to feel that again no. <laughs> at least i didn't and, and i think that Not- that informs people in terms of being able to be responsible and to kind of know what it is to take responsibility as well because it's not necessarily about the fact that something's gone wrong. It's it's about what you do next. It's about how you fix it and how you, you get things back up and running as quickly as possible. Um, which I think in, in, in GitLab's circumstance, they've done an awful lot, haven't they, to sort of get things running again and communicate quite clearly. 
their communication was um, an example to us all, I think. Um, they had a, a live Google Docs where they were um, posting progress updates yeah. um, and ex- explaining completely transparently about what, what happened, what they were up to. Um, there was at one point I saw a, a live YouTube stream of their developers <laughs> troubleshooting oh, wow. just like with their webcams on sat at their computers and you could observe their uh, I don't know what they were using but I guess kind of like a, a hangout thing where there's all of them sat there yeah. um, so I believe they all work remotely you can't get much more transparent than that really I guess um, no absolutely not and it's certainly not necessarily you know what, what it's not necessarily the, the least they could do that sounds like more than they could do really yeah, you, you you can't fault them at all for that. Um, I mean, there was like a day of downtime, yeah, um, a working day here in the UK at least, because I guess you've got time zones to think about. That is quite a lot. Um, it is quite a lot, but um, I had all I have all my repos sort of pulled down and up to date anyway. Yeah, on my machine, um, so yeah, it wasn't really the end of the world. Um, you know, life carried on. Yeah. Um, for me as a developer, I wasn't massively impacted um, and everything came back as was for me anyway. So, yeah. um, and I think if nothing else, maybe, you know, you learn from that and you sort of think, well, okay, I use this service. It's, it's part of my workflow, but it's, you shouldn't be relying on, on something like that as your backup. Oh no, definitely not. So definitely, definitely not. You know, I mean, if it makes a few people think a little bit more beyond than, oh, I've checked my code into this service and it's there, and think about other backups and whether they've got copies of everything they really need, then you know, may- maybe there's a positive there in terms of what people learn out of an incident like that. Yeah, I mean, had I got stung by it, um, maybe I would. Uh, maybe that would have been a good thing. Mm. Um, just, just like you say, to get that awareness. Um, if I wasn't doing, if I was doing something like not quite right, and I was affected by an outage, um, relying on one system too much. Yeah, yeah, can't can't really be a bad thing, I suppose, in the long term. But yeah, massive shout out to those the guys. Uh, uh, get that. Yeah, so you're, um, you're still a happy customer overall. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I'm just amazed at how transparent they were. I thought that was um, really, really good because I know when. Uh, there've been problems that I've experienced in the past. It's, it's very tempting just to sort of go into stress mode and panic mode yeah. um, and get your head down and just try and shield yourself from any public interaction uh, regarding the issue. Um, and it was just a total reverse of that. So yeah, great stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, Dave, I wanted to ask you actually, I know that you recently bought an Amazon Echo <laughs> yes. Um, how does that fit indeed. in your Apple world? Uh, I'm. I've had it. When did I buy it? Saturday. It's a bit of an impulse purchase. Yeah. Um. So I bought the the dot version of it. Okay. So that's the smaller one, is it? Yeah. Just so in case anyone's not familiar, um, you can buy a more expensive Echo, which has a speaker built in. Yep. Kind of looks like a cylinder, um, or you can buy more of a hockey puck looking thing yeah um that you plug into your own sort of bring your own hi-fi so in my instance um i've got it plugged into the hi-fi in the kitchen right um it seems good it seems you know nice it's kind of cool um heather my wife she loves it just sort of uh 
I think she quite enjoys shouting at it <laughs> uh, from across the room. And you know, nine times out of ten, it 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 does does what's asked. As as long as you say things in the right way, I found okay. It it feels to me almost like uh, a verbal command line. Yep. Um, in the sense that you have to kind of say the core functionality area that you're wanting, followed by an instruction, followed by any sort of parameters. Um, there's been a couple of instances where I I thought I've said something that it should get and it hasn't. Right. Um, the space station is one of their kind of key apps well not apps they call it skills so it's like a little feature where you can ask it where the space station is and it'll say oh it's at longitude so and so latitude so and so and it's over the atlantic ocean yeah um and i've i tried saying um i won't say it on the show in case it sets everyone else's off but <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh you know where, where is the space station and it said oh I, I didn't understand that and i think i was just like a couple of words out of order yep. and i rephrased it and it got it so there's been a couple of bits like that the biggest thing i mean siri's really bad for that i find um i I find siri does that to me a lot and i sort of feel like i need to know the right way to speak to siri yeah i don't really use siri (laughs) that's the thing um i mean obviously i've i use it a little bit on the apple tv yeah um only as far as dictation though really yeah so I wouldn't say that's really utilising Siri for what it is. I, I was doing, um, and then I installed the remote app on my phone, and I just used the keyboard on there instead. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. But I, th- I think the um, the biggest thing that's come out of having an Echo is it's just um, it's confused me as to what I should be doing with regards to my music streaming. Yep. Because um, we have Amazon Prime, so we get Amazon Prime Music. Um. But there's also, I think it's called Amazon Music Unlimited. So the difference being that Amazon Prime Music, you get, I think it's around 2 million tracks that you can stream. Amazon Music Unlimited, they say you get tens of millions. Okay. Uh, so to have that on a Amazon Echo costs three ninety nine a month. So there's those two options, both from Amazon. Yeah. There's Spotify. And then there's, of course, Apple Music. Does Apple Music so, work very well with the Echo? Um, I don't think so. I haven't really dug too much into it. That's kind of where I want to be looking next. Yeah. Um, I'm suspecting probably not at all. Yeah, I think you might. I might be able to sort of chuck the audio over Bluetooth yeah. to the Echo and have that go to the hi-fi. This is the I'd point like a lot, though. You're not going to get the control or any of that side of stuff, are you? Well, no, I mean, I've already got one of those little um, Bluetooth hockey puck things. Uh, I think it's a Philips one. Yeah. That I just, you literally just chuck your Bluetooth audio at it and it's got a couple of phonos that go into the auxiliary on your hi-fi. Yeah. Um, so I'd kind of be back to square one, really, if I did take that route. Um, I should clarify, I use Apple Music at the moment and I subscribe to it. Right. Um, the main reason I did that was for the car. So I've got four areas where I listen to my music. I've got the car, I've got here at my computer, when I'm out walking, and kind of when I'm sort of bumbling around in the kitchen. Yep. Um, for the kitchen, the Echo's great. For walking, computer, car, Spotify slash Apple Music's great. Yeah. But Apple Music just nudged past it for me, um, the way I plug my phone into my car, um, because uh, with the 
iTunes connectivity in the car. When you plug in via USB, I can access all my playlists through the like the screen on the car. Oh, okay. So um, you can sort of do queries for artists, albums, all using the on-screen interface yep. in the car. Whereas with Spotify, I have to go via Bluetooth, which is a lot more stripped back in terms of control. Yeah. So because I guess Spotify is just kind of ranked as as just an app, isn't it? It's not the default music player on on the iPhone. No, and I'm guessing it, it doesn't where, export what it when, needs over the connection to sort of present like that for browsing. Yeah, I think newer models of my car. Um, there's like Spotify apps now that come with their kind of infotainment system. Yeah. So that you can you can almost get to that level, but the older version, you know, the older model that I've got doesn't. So by plugging in via USB using Apple Music, I the default audio player on the phone, I get access to you know everything. Um, so I can query it using the car's interface. Whereas if I go via Spotify, I've got to plug in or not plug in even go via Bluetooth, and then I have to kind of on the phone select a playlist, press play yep. to get it going. And then all I can do is kind of next track, previous track. Right. And if I want to change playlists, I've then got to get my phone out and navigate to a new playlist. Again, obviously, you don't do that while you're driving, but you have to pull over and do that or just not bother. So do I stay with Apple Music? Probably I will. Um, it's... I can't find one music solution that kind of ticks the boxes across all four of my sort of use cases, sort of car, computer, walking, and kitchen. Apple Music does three out of those four very well. Um, The fourth one in the kitchen, not so much. Um, Although, that did get me thinking, if I got an iPhone 7... Yeah. You have an iPhone 7, right? I do, yeah. You can get Siri to uh, you can summon it yep. just by shouting at the phone right you don't have to press a home button or anything anymore no exactly so you can say hey I'm not going to say the name <laughs> go on <No. laughs> um, and yeah um, it springs into action and it's then as useful as Siri ever is and you can probably tell by the tone <laughs> in my voice I, I don't find Siri that useful I want to use Siri but um, every time I go to use it, I sort of end up coming against a little bit of friction and then that puts me off. So, yeah, if you had an iPhone 7, you could kind of use it in that sort of way. But I, I don't use Am- Apple Music at the moment. So I've got Spotify on the go and I've chucked a load of my regular, um, it was my iTunes library, I chucked that into Google Play. Okay, um, and that's kind of my my halfway solution at the moment for everything. Um, I'm the same as you in the car. In that I've, I've got, it's like when you use Spotify in the car. That's how I'm using my setup there. I've got Bluetooth. I can skip tracks on and off, but otherwise I'm on the playlist that I'm on. Yep. Um, and then when I go out for a run, I've got Bluetooth headphones, and I use my watch to shift things on. Uh, but so. Yeah, I can't really sort of say how the combination of Apple Music and um, a summonable Siri works versus an Echo. Um, I mean, I, f- I find I use my um, watch sometimes to control Apple Music. Yeah. Um, 
you know, just say play, insert band name here. And generally it hits the spot. I, I don't really have an issue with it. Um, so perhaps that would work. Yeah. If I upgraded my phone. Oh, I don't need, I don't want to start thinking like that. Actually, No. Um, <laughs> that will bring on an upgrade that I don't need right now. And again, does that really replace what you've just got in terms of the echo? Cause the echo is usable by you and your wife. Whereas your phone's kind of just going to be your, your pet device. Is it sensitive to your voice versus someone else's then? That I'm not sure. Um, but just in terms of summoning it really unsure. Okay, that'd be interesting to know. I would like it, as a side note, if Apple Music were to separate um, itself from iTunes yeah, and just have like a, a standalone app just for Apple Music, almost like Spotify. Just do. for the streaming side. That would make me really happy if they'd do that. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just find it a little bit sort of fragmented. Even when you go to search on, on the phone, it's kind of... You hit the search box and it's like, do you want to search your library or Apple Music? And all the time, I just want Apple Music. Yeah. But I still have to sometimes have to flick this, flick the switch over to make it go to you know, Apple Music. That, that would be a big a big help if they would do that for me. But I, I've got a funny feeling they're not going to. No, it feels very much like that should be the direction. And I'd love it if they did that on the Mac as well in terms of being able to not have to use iTunes. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they just need to separate it, especially on the Mac. Yeah. The phone I can live with, but the, the Mac, yeah, it, it it needs to be separated out. It feels like it's been kind of bolted on to iTunes. Yep. Um, and if it could just be separated out, that that would be a big help. Um, but for now, I think I'm going to have to stick with Apple Music. The only the only thing that may, maybe could swing me to Spotify would be because you can link the Echo with a Spotify account. Okay. Which changes the game slightly. I should have mentioned that sooner. <laughs> that would have, um, that that could change the balance. What I would lose is the, the, the uh, control I have over Apple Music in the car. Yeah. But if I could link the Echo to a paid for Spotify account, Spotify would be great for sat at the computer, walking and in the kitchen then. Yep. And it would just be, I'd lose that control in the car. So, watch this space, I guess. Yeah. It's, 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 we're in a weird time at the moment where it sort of feels like there is no one service that kind of covers all of the ways you might like to use music. Yeah, it just made me think about it in general, really. The way, you know, with the Echo, that kind of device. I th- I, and, you know, you start then getting into home automation. Yeah. Which then you start to be thinking about home kit and those really cool Philips Hue light bulbs, and then you start thinking, oh, what about those locks that automatically lock your door and things like, you know, you, your mind starts going, doesn't it, when you think about what you could maybe could do with it? Yeah. Um, and it just feels like this is we're in this sort of thing is in its infancy right now. Well, that's certainly how it seems to me. Yeah, and I, I, I'm very much sort of of a mind that I don't really want to go too far down that route yet until it's out of its infancy. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost want to sort of just stay on the sidelines. I'm cool getting the Echo just because it's a bit of fun and uh, I was interested more than anything just to see what it would do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it needs to kind of settle itself down just just a little bit before I go all in on it. And it's fine for 
people like you know me that's happy to nerd out on it and that when if I was to replace all the lights in the house with Philips Hue and then like you know, the wife comes in it's like okay how do I turn on the lights because <laughs> you've gone and ruined all the lights in the house it's like, oh it's really cool I've got this app that controls it all and then yeah they, they, they don't want that no it's got to fit with the way both of you use the house in that regard <laughs> <laughs> so you ran a survey I ran a survey yes I did I did I ran a survey of um, potential customers for my video mixing app. Okay. Um, so this was, it was at the start of January, actually. I put a survey out to um, a couple of the Facebook groups where people who do live video mixing um, are. They're, they're, they, they call themselves VJs, like video jockeys. Um, there's a couple of major Facebook groups. There's a Reddit, subreddit. Um, and I put the survey out to those people, um, as well as my mailing list that I've built up for the app. Yeah. Um, that was very much in mind of kind of trying to lay out my roadmap for my app's development for this year. Um, I asked questions that were is trying to sort of flush out how do these guys currently use the sort of software that they've got to run um, sort of full video installations at clubs and at events. The the app that I've built is it enables video mixing, but it is very much a kind of basic app. It's a beginner's sort of VJ tool rather than a sort of fully fledged studio. Okay. Um, so one of the reasons that I wanted to find out a little bit more was to try and test the water a little bit to see if there would be sort of an appetite for something a little bit more professional on the iPad um, and beyond that, um, just to try and find out whether I actually need to be looking at, at um, potentially even shifting platforms. There's There's been a lot of noise in the last sort of six months from those communities about um, the new MacBook Pros are no good. I'm going to Windows. I can build a machine that will do everything I need it to do. Um, there's been a lot of noise about how Windows is kind of taking over that community. Um, right, okay. Yeah, so from my perspective, I, I, I love my Apple devices, I love my iPhone, and I love my Mac. And um, I've got all my code is in that environment already. I've got, you know, most of the engine of my, my video mixing app is now in Swift 3. Um, so I'm looking and I'm sort of thinking, oh, Crikey, am I, am I in the wrong place here? If I'm going to, <laughs> if I'm going to serve these guys, do I need to start learning, you know, um, learning C sharp or something like that, and kind of going all the way over into sort of the the, the Windows side of things? Um, so I ran the survey to try and find out a bit more, and that is quite interesting in terms of um, what I actually found. And, and I had a good response rate to the survey as well, bearing in mind that this is a niche community. This is, um, you know, a few thousand people worldwide, really, that are presenting themselves online and in these groups. Um, I had 75 responses within the first three days of, of running the survey and putting it out there on, on these groups. Um, and I didn't keep spamming. I didn't keep tapping it to sort of make it come up. Um, or anything like that. I put the posts out, 
had a bit of interaction with people on those posts in the comments. Um, I sent my mail out to my mailing list and, and that was really about it. Um, so I was happy with that, you know, 75 responses yeah. straight off the bat. Um, there was a lot of sort of free text verbatim that came back as well. Um, I, I mean, I, I kind of showed my age on one of the, the questions and I, I asked people if they used a piece of software that apparently nobody uses anymore. Um, and somebody somebody told me that they were sickened I'd even mentioned that software in the question. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't backwards about coming forwards and that was great. Um, but yeah, I, I found that um, that community is still kind of heavily dominated by Mac users. Um, so it was, it was working out to about two thirds of people who responded identified as having a Mac. Um, and there was an overlap as well. There, there was about probably 15% or so who were both Mac and PC users, um, which is not that uncommon. You sort of got a situation with some of these guys where they've got multiple machines for different setups um, or they've got a home machine for for making the content that they play at their events and then they have a laptop for performing at the events. Um, so that, that you know, didn't sort of seem too unusual really. Um, but, but what I found was that PC usage within the community was not kind of where I thought it was going to be. So given the sort of yelling that I'd seen going on in the last six months or so on the groups, I kind of assumed that I was going to find that Mac usage was a lot lower than that. Um, and actually sole PC usage was, was, was a lot lower um, than I'd expected to find. That's got to be kind of reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. Given your investment in the Apple ecosystem <laughs> so far with the app. Yeah. What it, what it demonstrated to me was that um, as an indie developer, as a solo developer, now would probably be a, a bit of a silly time to start jumping ship. Um, and moving to a different platform. I, I can kind of see that certainly within that snapshot of the community, it looks like there is a high level of Mac usage um, and certainly enough to justify building something in that environment for the next year and seeing how it goes. Um, so you're considering a Mac app? I'm considering a Mac app. I really am. Well, that could be good um, in the sense that perhaps people would be willing to spend more on the Mac platform. For Mac software, that's that's the hope. <laughs> the, the the hope here for me is that I can build something that is um, a little bit more complicated, a little bit more involved than than what I have on iOS. Um, so I can kind of justify charging that little bit more for it, and and it's going to be more fun for me to use as well because I still I still do the odd show myself. I'm, I do things online as well. Um, so this will be about kind of creating something that's just above a beginner's level of software, but is perhaps still slightly less than the sort of full-on big installation professional setups. So something in the middle tier. Well, it'd be cool to get your uh, dip your toe in the water of Mac development. Yeah. Um, have you ever done that before? Not yet, no. So that's going to be uh, a whole new learning curve. Um, but obviously... You know, not as big a jump as going over to something completely different like Windows or Android development. Sure. I've, I've never tried it myself. Um, it's always kind of been a, a bit of an itch I've often 
you know, thought maybe I should scratch, but um, for me at the moment, I don't think I've got cause to. Um, kind of makes me glad that you're considering it because then you can <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me all about yeah, it. <laughs> I'll make a decision thing. based on. Yeah, so uh, uh, but go right ahead. It, you have my blessing. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, I must say, um, one of the things I, I, I asked was kind of platform preference for a pro version of the product. And Mac OS led that, but actually iPad was the next one down. Was it by much? Um, it was about 40% for the Mac OS and then about 19, 18% for iPad. Okay. Um, so the Mac is still double that, I suppose, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And, 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 but nevertheless, it's not the biggest. No. Biggest gap between them. Um, and, and, you know, between the pair of them that's you know the lion's share overall of of, of the responses yeah um and you know, windows was like about eight or nine percent and then the rest was sort of broken up in terms of like people asking for random stuff um there was android was was one of the others I, iphone was in there as well um which was a bit bit tricky really because um you're limited with the iPhone interface as to what you can really do for those guys. Um, yeah, that's why my app, the, the app I have at the moment, is as sort of simple and as easy to use as it is because there's not a lot of screen real estate there to sort of show all of the stuff that they would normally use for um, a sort of performance piece of the software. Um, but yeah, Mac OS and iPads were showing very, very strongly there. So, so that's where I'm going. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool maybe to do something with the touch bar. Yeah. Yeah. That could, especially with uh, video mixing as well. So I, I think actually one of the things that I would really love to do um, is to have the iPad kind of pro version and the Mac pro version um, released at a very similar sort of time. Um, the way I'm envisioning this is that some of the UI is going to be very, very similar. And there's there's apps out there already that kind of show this um, really cool piece of software by a company called Algorithm. Um, they do DJ, DJ AY, um, and their iPad kind of pro version and, and the Mac version of their software, they visually, they look very similar. Um, so I'm kind of thinking that I would love to do for an iPad and a Mac version of, of this sort of pro version of my app to kind of have the UIs very similar. Um, and then in terms of what that would mean is, is there's a potential there for me to set things up. So the iPad can actually work as a sort of breakout controller of the Mac. If you have both apps. Nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I kind of want to go there because I know it will look cool and I know it will be quite fun. Um, but also the, the sort of, you know, the, the business side of things I'm looking and thinking, well, okay, does this then mean I've, I've kind of got. Um, a bit of cross-sell going on between the products that I've got. There's a reason there to own both pieces of software. Um, if you've got both both things, if you've got an iPad and you've got a Mac um, and you're using it on the Mac, does it then become sensible to buy the, the iPad software um, just so you've got that sort of special feature? So we shall see. Um, the survey has definitely been very useful to do. It's been really good to kind of get in there and um, know a bit more about those customers. Yeah, I mean, knowing your market's uh, 
that's, that's got to be a good thing, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, it must have been good just to talk to people um, in that space as well to get their thoughts and feedback kind of validates perhaps what you're doing a little bit as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Um, and it's been good to kind of figure out. Right, so Dave, um, I know you were looking at updating one of your apps recently. Correct. Um, and I'd just like to ask you really, what sort of update are you looking to do to that app? Are you looking to kind of severely change it or just kind of tweak it? Uh, what's, what's your logic with the updates that are going on at the moment? Uh, well, the update, the update, update, update <laughs> has uh, shipped. It came out, what are we on now, Wednesday? Um, came out Sunday. So um, I've had a few days of looking at data, not a huge amount. Um, so we'll kind of have to give it a little bit longer before I can really definitively say how, it, how it's gone. Um, but just to briefly summarise, um, I wanted to try and give the customer more without the need to unlock the app. So it's a free-to-download app um, with a one-in-app purchase to unlock all the premium features. So I wanted to try and give the user a little bit more before they felt the need to unlock the app, which might kind of sound a little bit backwards given that, you know, we're trying to run businesses yeah. and, and all of that. Um, but I noticed I, I my uh, retention rate wasn't that good. Okay. So I had a lot of people that were downloading the app, um, having quite a short session on the app, um, and then just leaving. So I can only assume they kind of got confronted with the paywall too soon. Yep which put a lot of them off. Um, potential so there that they're not and, finding reasons to sort of come back to the app and come back in as well. Exactly. I want them to kind of stay and stick around, so maybe sort of consider upgrading the app, uh, unlocking the app, sorry, um, further down the road. Um, but I think I was probably a little too heavy-handed on the paywall. Yeah. So I've I've made it now so that you can pretty much get by. If you don't if you really don't want to unlock the app, you don't have to. Yep. You'll be able to get by. Um but if you do unlock it, you'll get kind of more perks than kind of whole chunks of functionality. Yep. Um so I was really worried before I was doing this, uh, or as I was doing this before it launched, thinking, oh no. I'm just basically going to stop people buying it. The other people have no need to buy it anymore. But then you look at a lot of apps out there, um, a lot of the ones I use, you can get by if you don't unlock them. Yep. Um, And I keep going back to them. And I kept thinking the ones I kept going back to, eventually I did pay to unlock them. Yep. Um, So I think given that I'm only three days in, um, I'm, I kind of may need to wait a little while for the people that are using it to stick around and keep using it um, and eventually unlock it. And that might be weeks down the road before they do that. Yep. Um, but at least they're not leaving me after sort of one launch of the app, have you got which some, is what I really wanted to try and get away from. Have you got much in terms of um, analytics in the app? Can you kind of see how people are using it at the moment? I can. So um, my active users are up. 83% since the upgrade. That's interesting. Uh, new users, 
new users are up 128%. The number of sessions that people um, are doing is up 35%. Right. Um, and my crash-free users has gone up as well because <laughs> I've squashed, squashed a few bugs in there while I, while I was in That's there. That's always good. So my, my crash-free users now stands at 98.2%. Um, there's still a few in there that are lurking around that I'm trying to track <laughs> down. Um, but for the most part, I'd say that's, you it's know, pretty respectable. Fairly, fairly respectable. Yeah. Um, and the kind of percentage of people unlocking it has remained unchanged. Okay. At the moment. So I'm three days in and people still are, you know, unlocking it as they always were. Yeah. Um, hence I was saying earlier, it might be interesting over time. Um, hopefully if the people that have downloaded it over the past few days stick around and keep using it, yep. um, maybe in a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, 10 weeks, I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll think, yeah, you know what? I will unlock it. Um, so be interesting You've to watch. You've got the stats to see. Um, so I think we should put something in to sort of check back in on this in about a month's time. Yeah, do yeah. it, totally. So this is your, what's your app called? It's called Armchair Remote. Okay. And it's a remote control for Cody. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll we'll check back in on that in at least another three or four episodes, and um, I'll ask you how that's gone. <laughs> I'll probably be paid up front by that point. I'll be like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> they, can pay, they can pay me. I don't want all this in-app purchase rubbish. <laughs> okay, so you're actually changed in terms of your your working environment right now your working situation that's that's yeah big week so yeah last thursday was my last day at my uh my jobby job should we call it um so there's a a lot of change on the horizon um in the short term um i'm going to be taking some time out to look after my five-month-old son yeah because my wife is going back to work um, in a week or so. So I'll be kind of taking over day duty there. Um, the thought process behind it is that um, in the work that my wife does, she has to be at a certain place at a certain time, five days a week. Yep. I, I don't really have that constraint at all. Um, so I can spend the kind of regular nine to five hours um taking care of the little one um and then sort of do a tag team in the evening yep and i could potentially you know go on to 11 midnight whatever time i can go to yep <laughs> um doing my own my own work um so it kind of made sense to to embrace those uh those positives that come with the nature of the work we do that's awesome that's really awesome so longer term um i'm hoping to get sort of even more time for for my work um when childcare becomes more feasible um i doubt many places really want a 5 month old <laughs> but but uh yeah give it some time um and there's also potentially part time that you know could uh, come into play um down the road as well so yeah all interesting it's it's different it feels odd not being uh not being at my sort of main job. Um, I don't know if it feels like I've left yet. Yep. Does it kind of feel um, a little bit like you're, um, you're on extended holiday almost at the moment? 
Well, this is it. I've taken holidays that are longer than the amount of time I've been away. Yeah. So uh, right now, it kind of feels like that a little bit. Um, it's kind of cool. It's great, just like being able to sort of hang out at home during the day and uh, you know look after look after the little one. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, can't com- can't complain at all. Um, I advise if you can, if you're a father, give give it a go. Um, keep in mind, I'm only three days in, <laughs> <laughs> so you maybe want to check back on that in a few weeks and see if I've still got the same opinion of the matter. <laughs> but um, right now, yeah, definitely give it a go if you can. Um, yeah, then they're, they're not not little for long so i've been told so. yeah yeah i can well i think i've told you that haven't i really it's, it's certainly with with my little ones they're no longer little um and yeah any time that you can kind of spend uh, in the early times is it's going to pay you back later on in terms of the relationship that you have with your child as well um it's something that i think really does need to be thought about in terms of um how you choose to work and, you know, the time that you're really putting into your family life and that side of things. Uh, there's a point for me, which is, you know, I could work every single hour of the, of the day, but then I wouldn't see my kids. And am I working to live or, or living to work? Which way around do I kind of want that to be? Well, that kind of comes back to the whole uh, indie lifestyle, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's about that choice, which that freedom. You- which is essentially why um, I wanted to start start in the first place um, to try and try and address that what I would call a bit of a mismatch. Really, um, I, I was thinking that you know you spend most of your time with your colleagues at work um, so that you can pay for a house that you don't spend a huge amount of time in on balance. Yeah. <laughs> most most of which are unconscious anyway. So yeah. um, it it seems it seems. So, something just didn't add up in that formula to me. Um, I, th- I think the fact is as well. Though, I appreciate I mean, you've got to. If, if you if you do this and you decide actually this isn't working for whatever reason in one way or another, you know, as childcare becomes a thing that you can consider, um, the the regular world, the corporate world, if you want to call it that, it, it's not going to go anywhere. No, that's true. It's always going to be there, isn't it? You can set your watch to that, actually. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you try this now, and, and, and if it becomes something else, or you need to change it in one way or another, then you know I'm sure you'll be able to navigate your way back into that world, um, should you need to. It, it, there's, there's perhaps n- nothing to worry about in that respect. Um, yeah, and the, the hope is that, that that won't ever become a thing, but like you say, it's a, it's a reassuring... It's a reassuring thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think for for me, as I've kind of progressed on on my own journey with this stuff, um, yeah, it's a big motivation to not get into that sort of a world in a way that in a way that I am going to a job that I fundamentally don't want to be at as well, uh, which is is kind of places that I've been in the past. Um, so, I mean, I'll never say never. I am looking at, at, at salaried jobs for, for a few reasons at the moment. And, you know, this sort of development could easily become side gig again. Um, but that's looking at salaried jobs for me for the right reason for other motivations. Our situation is changing at the moment. Um, so I think there's an element there of, of in whatever you're doing with this sort of a journey is just being flexible and looking to... to 
make decisions that fit with your way of life, the way you want to be living. Um, and, and I know for me, that's certainly always up for for sort of continual assessments as well. Oh, it has to be. It, it just has to be. I mean, we'd all we'd all like to uh, be writing a novel in Starbucks every day, wouldn't we? But I think <laughs> at the end of the day, um, you know, reality reality uh, strikes, doesn't yeah. it? You have to do what you have to do. Um, and right now, um, we can do what we're doing. Yep. And that's that's really awesome. I'm grateful to have this opportunity because I don't think many people will. Um, I Talking to people, um, I think maybe I'm in the minority of doing this. Yep. Um, certainly my employees have never had a male member of staff leave to go and look after a child, um, which I think maybe you know kind of threw them a little bit initially they're a bit like oh okay uh yeah sure <laughs> so but i mean it's uh somebody's got to be it's gonna be a journey got to be first in that regards um and, and you're you know i don't think you're going to be the last person to be blazing that 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 route as well um so it's uh no, it's going to be really good to sort of see how this develops for you over the next next few months, the next year. Um, let's kind of see see what path things take. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to uh, to see how how work really can go alongside it. Um, just in terms of at the moment, I'm kind of banking on working sort of into the evenings, and I don't really want to go into the weekends yeah. if I can help it. It's important um, to set certain boundaries um, to yeah, kind of section off yeah, use time for other things as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the moment it's working um, because, possibly because I'm only sort of three or four days into it, I've still got <laughs> fuel in the tanks. Yeah. And I've been surviving on, you know, getting up a little bit in the night um, when uh, the young and cries and all that. Um, maybe a few weeks in. If it will it be sustainable? Essentially, that's kind of what I'm sort of watching with interest. Yeah, because at the moment I can kind of you know crack the whip into midnight one a.m. and you know get some decent work done when everyone's asleep. Um, it's just whether that's going to be sustainable and how I might need to address that. That's going to be one to watch certainly. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Like I say, to sort of check back in with you and see how that develops over time. Because uh, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> From my own perspective, that's developed over the last six months. Um, we we keep finding our own routine as a family and, and kind of figuring out how my my independent work and my contracting work sort of fits into the day-to-day of everybody's lives. Um, it's, con- like I say, a continual assessment, I think, and just sort of seeing what works, what doesn't, and if it's not working, tweak it. If it is working, carry on, you know? Good advice. <laughs> good advice. Good advice to wrap it up, I would say. Just before we do, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads with a Z. Um, or you can find me at DaveWood.uk. Cool. I am uh, underscore Dave Knott on Twitter. Um, tragically, someone had already taken Dave Knott. <laughs> so I had to go for the underscore um you can see all my apps at root-digital.com that's r-o-o-t-digital.com 